I like to think of this Stephen Covey quote where he says, you know, there's a difference between spending your time and investing your time. But we don't have conversations enough about what is a good investment of time. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of While We Were Working. This is episode 15. Happy first of the month. As always, joined by our co-host, Summer Keytron. And this week, we are chatting about the role of the chief listening officer, as well as a, a fun conversation on performance reviews and are they still vital. So, Summer, let's go ahead and kick it off with your high-low buffalo and tell the people what that is. Hey, everybody. Well, gosh, it's March 1st, and I have to say that the last month of the quarter has me totally amped up to help our clients push for their Q1 goals. Uh, So that's definitely my high. My low is, unfortunately, I made the mistake of leaving my credit card at a restaurant. And if you've ever done that, you know how much panic sets in. But thankfully, you know, I was able to get it back. uh, But it was an hour and a half drive there and back. So I definitely learned my lesson uh, to not be in a dash, uh, you know, when when trying to leave. And then uh, my buffalo is that I'm just very much looking forward to it officially being spring this month. I mean, the weather has been kind of weird this year. But I'm just, I'm ready for it to warm up a little. So that's my high-low buffalo. But what about you? Well, Summer, uh, I've got a fun story that we don't have time for about how a wallet in my family was tracked via tile to an Atlanta airport. Um, (laughs) So we don't have time for that. But my high (laughs) is that we have officially launched our uh, Slack communities for HR and small business leaders super excited about the initiative that was thought of by uh, none other than our colleague Maria, who said, hey, let's get our folks together mixing and mingling and really wanting to create a space for great conversations with not only our customer base, but the HR field at large. So super excited. We'll drop a link to the communities uh, if you're interested in joining in the show notes. But that's my high just to to launch that and uh, get it going. Uh, my low of the week is uh, I don't really have a low. I got to celebrate my birthday pretty much for the month of February. Turning my age is a very monumental milestone. It was 35, so uh, super excited about that. Um, so no no lows. And then my Buffalo, uh, with this being Women's History Month, I want to shout out a great voice in women in HR. So this week, I'll talk about Lori Rudiman. Lori is a dear friend of mine. She's based out of North Carolina. She is a former HR pro turned speaker, consultant. She'll tell you everything you need to know about creating winning workplaces. Uh, so make sure you check out her books. Make sure that you reach out to her for speaking engagements and a consulting opportunity. She's really, really awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into while we were working. And um, 
while we were working is our segment where we talk about whether it's an article, a piece of news that's trending, or something that you need to know as a small business HR leader uh, that you may have missed while you were working. And I'll let Summer kick off the conversation around this one, but we're doing this CNBC article that came out recently, and it says, Chief Listening Officer, the must-have position for every organization in 2022. Now, I've never heard of a CLO, so uh, <laughs> Summer, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, I have to say that I haven't heard of it either. So whomever wrote this article did a great job at writing a very catchy headline uh, because it pulled me in. And of course, I was curious, what the heck is the chief listening officer and why is it important for each organization to have one? So to summarize this article, CNBC is really saying that it is so important for an organization and the organization's online activity to be top of mind when you think about retaining or losing top talent. And that online activity, whether you are being proactive or reactive, is making all of the difference in the world now more than ever. So one of the other key points in this article is they were saying that organizations should actually empower their team members to use social media positively. And I know this can be a little bit frightening having worked in HR and had to work through a handful of very complicated and messy employee posts on social media. It, it can sometimes be something that companies steer away from. But I think that there's definitely a way to coach your team members on you know, what that positive use looks like and that they can help do good for it. So one of the things that I'd love to dialogue with you about, Joey, is thinking through why an organization's online activity is so important for a company to be focusing on in a proactive manner. And some of the things that come to my mind are, say, like Glassdoor and Indeed. So what are your thoughts on the importance of managing this activity and why should companies be paying attention to these sites? Summer, it's a really great question. And if we were having this conversation even five years ago, people may have mm -hmm. looked at us like we're from outer space and uh, we, <laughs> we live in an alternative universe. But this idea of listening to what's being said about your brand online is important because when you mm -hmm. think about today's job seeker, the first thing that they do is, yes, maybe they're going to apply to a role at your company, mm -hmm. but they're going to want to learn more about your organization. So you can put in search terms, you can uh, check out YouTube videos, social media clips, mm -hmm. But to your point, you know, there's Glassdoor and there's Indeed. But also on top of that, there's Facebook reviews, there's Google reviews, mm -hmm. there's Yelp. You know, so mm -hmm. if employees or potential employees, what you call candidates, if candidates are looking and they're seeing that mm -hmm. customers are having a negative interaction with your organization and then mm -hmm. employees are having a negative interaction with your organization, then they're less inclined to want to join up and, and be a part of what you're offering. I did mm -hmm. a, uh, a a brand strategy, an employer brand strategy conversation 
with one of our clients. And one of the things we did was look at companies and how they perform in, in alignment with their mission. Uh, there's a website mm-hmm. you can go to and see what employees believe about working for the company. And one of the companies that performed very, very bad was, was Chuck E. Cheese about how like people don't enjoy working for Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, if you've ever been to a party there recently, you know, you might know why. But these are online conversations that are being had about your business that you need to be aware of so that you can have positive interventions on, you know, maybe figuring out what it takes to improve your employee engagement, figuring out what it needs to improve about your uh, customer engagement um, so that this narrative can shift. And honestly, so you can own it, own what's not working and move forward in, in fixing it. Absolutely. I think for those that may not be so familiar with some of the sites that Joey mentioned, I mean, there are too many to keep up with. You know, it seems like the number of company review sites are growing overnight, but there are a handful if, you know, you're a company looking to make headway in this area. As Joey mentioned, Facebook, uh, certainly Glassdoor is a very popular one indeed, and then reviews on LinkedIn. I mean, really just trying to focus on the big ones is typically the strategy that most companies we work with take just because it can certainly be a full-time job. But in the essence of this article, you know, what they're saying is make sure that you are allocating resources to be able to address all of this activity in a proactive manner. And essentially, if you're being reactive, you're already losing the race. One of the other key items that they mentioned in this article is finding ways to include your team members in the creation of content. And so, you know, when we think about employer branding and just the online activity, it's not just, say, responding to perhaps negative feedback and trying to turn it into a positive while that's important. It's also promoting Um, What makes your company and your people great? And what better way to do that than to ask for those that are part of your team to actually help with creating the content? So I think there's so many great ways to go about it. But when I saw this article, it was a little different when I actually got into the content of what I expected it to be. But I think the overall message is actually one that we're quite familiar with. And so I think it's really great for us to talk about it on the show today because this is something that we work with our clients on um, as part of their recruiting, part of their you know company and branding strategy. So I wanted to make sure that we highlighted it today and you know got some folks interested if they weren't already. And most importantly, stress how important it is for them uh, to have this on their radar if it isn't already. Yeah, I agree. And um, I won't belabor this conversation too long, but I want to hit on something about how this actually ties into the larger conversation of the importance of data uh, for business. So more specifically, sentiment about your organization online, what people are saying and what you need to do about it. All right. right. Uh, As always, this episode is brought to you by Jumpstart HR. We are an HR firm for small businesses and startups. Uh, We're here to help your company win. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about our services and work with us, you can check us out at jumpstart-hr.com. And as I've mentioned before, I'm going to drop links in the show notes uh, for you to join our community 
so you can come and be a part and get to know uh, some of the ways that we're helping companies. Let's go ahead and talk now about Consultants Corner. Summer, go ahead, take it away. What's our juicy topic from the trenches this week? This is actually a, uh, a real life question uh, and situation that we've worked through recently here with not just one, but several of our clients. And companies are now talking about doing something different than a traditional performance review. And some of them are absolutely adamant that they will not have a formal review process. Um, and so I'd like to kick off our conversation today by asking you, Joey, what are your initial thoughts? You know, you think that's a good idea, especially since 91% of companies are still doing them annually? Well, I think that um, the annual performance review is still relevant, but it needs to function in a bigger picture of more frequent feedback. Um, mm -hmm. I think there is something to be said about setting goals for a year and marching towards mm -hmm. a big picture. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's also something to be said, and what's been the missing piece is helping people course correct throughout the year. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's a it's a yes and. Yes, to keep the performance <laughs> review uh, annually, but also equipping leaders to uh, have more frequent coaching and feedback opportunities so that team members can grow. I like your answer that it's a yes and, because when we were initially tasked with coming up with a different type of process, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, well, gosh, like most companies are doing this, but we want to deliver what the client is asking for. So what does that look like? And of course, it required us digging deep into their company culture to truly understand, like, what are they looking to accomplish and why does the existing process not work for them? And so, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what I think some of the pros and cons are of the current process, um, maybe some alternatives to consider and just kind of get the thoughts flowing for companies to think about, you know, maybe maybe they might be a great candidate to do away with the traditional process. But, you know, when I think about performance reviews and like some of the the largest challenge like some of the biggest challenges with them one is nobody likes to do them <laughs> when was the last time that you managed the performance review process and everybody was so excited to do it and they all completed them on time uh the answer is never there's always <laughs> a delay and there's always a, a, a disgruntled uh customer so to speak so right. never right so you know certainly already trying to kick off a process that's like already met with resistance it's a challenge right because when we're looking to try to get something good to come up come up it which is course correcting and goal setting you know it's not really a great foundation uh, to do that uh, but one of the largest issues that <clears throat> that i've seen in being the reviewer of the reviews that have been written uh, so for those of you that may not know typically within companies there is um, a review process by the HR team to look at what's been written for team members before it's delivered, just to make sure that there's nothing that's um, concerning or shouldn't be delivered. And so having read probably thousands of these over my career, one of the biggest issues is recency bias. So, you know, that is when the manager or the team member is writing their review they're not really thinking so much about what happened earlier in the year, but they're really more focused on what happened recently. Yeah. So 
those are my like those are my kind of top two that I would say in regards to the current issues. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I think um, one of the things that I see with performance management that could be improved, and I did a I did a webinar on this with uh, ERE. Um, it must mm-hmm. have been two thousand twenty one. The past two years are a blow, but yeah, it was two thousand twenty one. And um, in addition to that recency bias, there is the the lack of training managers on how to effectively conduct a review in the in the first place. You know we. <laughs> often promote people to managerial responsibilities without equipping them on the soft side of giving mm-hmm. effective feedback of understanding the value of, of coaching. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. that's a big thing that I see. And I like to think of this Stephen Covey quote where he says, you know, there's a difference between spending your time and investing your time, but we don't have conversations enough about what is a, good investment of time um, mm-hmm. setting team members up with course correcting goal setting feedback conversation is a great investment of time so that's the big thing that i see is not equipping people mm-hmm. to conduct these trainings um, successfully these performance management conversations successfully absolutely and that's a big one uh that's you know if i may i i might even say that's potentially number one because even if you have the right process and tools in place if it's not executed properly then it's going to lose its effect i'd also add to this that for companies that currently use anonymous peer feedback as part of their review process, I'd really encourage them to rethink that. I think that was, you know, more popular and still some companies still use it now, but I think it was more popular a little further back. But the issue with this is that it really creates drama in the workplace because team members are instantly going to think, who was it that said that? And then they're going to potentially start treating other team members differently if that feedback made them unhappy or uncomfortable or frustrated. And if the goal is to try to improve performance and course correct, then immediately creating that employee experience is not going to get them where we want them to go. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, a big point is basically creating these can of worms of either emotion or sentiment Mm -hmm. that we don't really know how to be responsible to steward Mm -hmm. effectively so that Mm -hmm. is a big issue uh for sure for sure not just with performance management but anytime there's a either a disciplinary issue or if there's Mm -hmm. a person that's bad for the culture and people are chatting around it um we Mm -hmm. go on and on about how poor Mm -hmm. stewarding of feedback um, can can hurt your team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there are definitely some alternatives to consider. Uh, but one item that I wanted to mention in regards to, you know, kind of the, the con side before we start looking at some alternatives is that most existing formal review processes, they're time consuming. And I think that's one piece of why they're so dreaded is that I always say, Joey, it kind of feels like a homework assignment, you know, kind of feels like yeah. a final. It's like, you know it's due, you know you're going to have to put a lot of work into it and you're not looking forward to it no matter what. And then one of the, you know, one of the items that I think could be potentially a pro or a con depending on the workforce and culture is that historically 
a large part of performance reviews are focused on individual success. And while I think that it's important to give individuals feedback that's relevant, specific to their performance, when we think about goal setting, I think goal setting needs to be more like more on team success and measure on team success. Because if we're not in this working together as a team towards that goal, you're going to have people that are left behind and you're going to have those that are going to run so far to goal on their own that, um, you know, they're going to leave part of their team in their wake. So, you know, wanted to just kind of mention those items before we talk a little bit about some alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, let's go ahead and dive into some of the alternatives and, uh, and land the plane. <laughs> sure thing. So when talking with clients about, you know, alternatives that may work for them, um, some are steering away totally from that formal review process as we know it, like here's your form, rate yourself on this scale in these specific areas. And instead, um, they're doing something, say, for example, like a quarterly feedback conversation that, yes, it's still scheduled. Yes, there is still some structure to it, but it's not, hey, fill out this form, rate yourself. It's, you know, let's talk about what were last quarter goals. You know, how did we perform against last quarter goals? What were your individual goals? Have you met them? And if you haven't, then what do we need to do next quarter? So it's still having some of the same dialogue, but by doing it more frequently than, you know, that recency bias that we talked about, it kind of doesn't matter because the focus of the conversation is on most recent performance. And when you're already going into it knowing, hey, I only have to focus on like the last three months. It's really easy to remember. It's really just going to be a structured conversation. For some companies, having that process is much more effective for them if their team is willing to embrace something that is structured but unstructured, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I was just going to uh, throw out maybe an, an alternative to the, the annual performance review is um you know, kind of just like a, you know how there are those those planners out there that say, well, what are your top three tasks for the day, or mm-hmm. what are your big rocks to move for the week? Maybe if, um, especially in, in agile environment, um, if, mm-hmm. if performance is reviewed based on the week, you know, and then mm-hmm. you have all of these weekly data points that you can uh, ascribe to a person uh, over a year, and then you can just say is this person generally trending towards success, mediocrity, or, you know, need significant mm-hmm. improvement? Um, I mean, I'm just thinking of ideas, but that's one that, that could probably work. Absolutely. I think that depending on the organization, the great thing about being, especially smaller businesses, is that you can make it whatever you want. You can make whatever works best for your team and your organization. And one of the the trends that I'm seeing that I fully support is undoing the previous tradition of tying compensation adjustments to these performance reviews and instead making them totally separate conversations and then looking at, you know, that team performance component that I mentioned earlier. So I do still think that individual performance should absolutely be a factor because let's face it, Joey, I'm sure you also know companies that have, you know, just a really broad 
compensation adjustment strategy, which is like, okay, well, everybody just gets 3% and it's 3% whether you were the rock star or you're the person who's barely hanging on. I don't agree with that, um, but I do think let's separate them. Let's have a conversation that's focused on performance and goals. And then let's have a separate conversation about compensation and like one, how the company is doing, but two, how that employee was part of that that company's success and what that translates to in terms of a potential comp adjustment. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. 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 Okay. So um, we've got some really great ideas on performance management and hopefully if you've been listening to this conversation, you went away with the key idea of no two companies are alike and Mm -hmm. uh, you probably want to spend some thoughtful time about what works for your firm. Um, and if mm-hmm. you're looking for some assistance in that area, why not reach out to us? We can help you develop a performance strategy that works well for you. Uh, we have a, a demonstrated record of past performance there, and uh, we want to see your team win. Uh, our mantra is we work with winners, and uh, so that's mm-hmm. this is part of it, is letting people know when they're on the winning track. All right, uh, Summer, I'll give you an opportunity for any, any last words on the topics of either chief listing officer or on performance management. Absolutely. Well, I'll make this one quick. I think my closing thoughts that I'd love to share is in regards to the last topic, the performance review process. And, you know, one of the things we touched on earlier was the danger of using anonymous peer feedback. And I just wanted to make sure that I said that there is still a place for peer feedback. uh, But I think that The best way to use it, and this is what I'm seeing most companies do now as they steer away from anonymous feedback, is allowing employees to ask for specific feedback regarding their performance from their peers and not make it anonymous. So, for example, I might say, you know, Joey, I would like your feedback on, you know, and I'd list the specific skills and you'd be able to provide me your feedback directly. And that would be a value to me. And I think that's going to help build trust in teamwork. So just wanted to toss that out there and also say that if you are a small business or an HR leader and looking for a different way uh, to do things than how they've been done in the past, and you're just not sure, reach out to us. We are masters of coming up with alternatives and we'd love to help be a part of your success. Awesome. Awesome. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting this content, and share it with a couple of your colleagues. Get the conversation going and continue the conversation. We'd love to connect with you online. You can see our social channels in the show notes as well. Until next time, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Have a great week. For more HR strategies that will take your company to the next level, visit whilewewereworking.com.